Hello. Nice to be company for you. You're not coming. I'm Friday not morning, you. you're not going. I'm I'm really t- I don't care you. what you say. I'm really He's trying, you know. He does a few overnight shows, ladies and gentlemen, and all of a sudden he goes, oh, I'm coming to your show at the Mermaid. I said, over my dead body, he said, that can be arranged. Yes. Now, the trouble is, because he's Greek, I'm inclined to believe. Have have another sugar-coated sweet. (laughs) Do you know what, this morning... I I haven't gone near the cupboard. I haven't gone near it. I haven't. You swear? I will swear, I've not been near it. I go to the cupboard this morning, and I don't want to put too fine a pulley, because I'm not a bitter, twisted, or in any way annoyed person. (laughs) And I thought... I'll just, I'm, I'm counting the, the chocolate after eight snowmen. Oh, yes. Sorry, um, Father Christmas is. Yeah, 15. Okay, so they're all there, and I've got my jelly tops yeah. and the Toblerones, yeah. and it's all there. And I think, oh, Smarties, I'll have a couple of Smarties. Yeah. As I looked at the packet, I thought, Shh. So I took the box out, it doesn't feel as heavy as normal. Yeah. Somebody's opened the top of the Smarties to do with tube. Me. Yeah, right. No, oh, swear. Okay, I always opened, tell anyway, you. They, they haven't just eaten one or two. They've eaten half the tube of Smarties. What, and they've tried to put it back? And then they put them back in. Nothing but turning them round the other way, Nothing so unless you took the tube to out. I want a strict diet. I don't well, you're look up on, and down my body when I say that. Well, it's difficult to look up and down your body at the same time. I can only do one thing or the other. <laughs> at least you are going which ways. Well, I'm just that would take too long. I don't have that much time on the programme. So um, I'm looking forward to coming to the matinee performance. You're not going. I've had a word with the producer of the show. The security's been beefed up. If you're you just worried to... that I'd get all the attention, that I'd turn up and everyone would be like, oh, my God, it's Christo! Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of people there, mainly people, you know, dribbling, who are going <laughs> Though people who've seen flying saucers and stuff like that. I've heard some of your callers overnight, so don't frighten me. <laughs> now, what do you think of this uh, thing, the pill to arrest ageing? Because I thought of you when I saw this. Do you know, uh, I've suddenly realised in my life, about yeah. the past year ago, that the Daily Star and the Daily Express are so much rubbish. And all the stories they put... I mean, in, in the Daily Express, they've said pomegranate juice is good for you. Yeah. I begin to think that old Richie Desmond, hmm. Richie Rich, has, has got shares in these rubbish things that he comes oh, up with. Because everything's, you know, everything's good for you in moderation. Sex, apparently, is good for you. Really? Ask Jason Manford. I just asked Jason Manford. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was going to phone old Jace up and go, are you the biggest prat alive or what? That's a How good gig. He had a good gig up. there. Not only did he have a good gig, he's always made good money... This is going to kill his career stone dead. Mm. Dirty little boy from Manchester, hailed by Michael McIntyre as one of our great comedians. One of our great dirty little comedians. Yeah, totally. I mean, to be honest with you... And who, be was quite, was, who was he before the one show? Well, he was, he, was, he, was, he was on his way up. Yeah, I know, exactly. He was doing big gigs. I mean, he, he, he's, he's online. I would think this should do a million easy. Mm. million quid. If Michael yeah. McIntyre can do eight million the other year just on DVDs, he can he can do easier million. Yeah. The contract on the one show, admittedly, who they're going to get to replace him, I'm available uh, to do it. You know, I don't. They'd have to make it three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go on the one show and go, Jason. Let's text him. <laughs> Hi, Jace. Hang on. I'm luscious Lola. <laughs> I mean, you just think to yourself, how dumb do you have to be? All of these celebrities just get. They don't think with their head, shall we say. But this man is married. If, if he was single, I'd have said, well, you know, it's a shame, you know, you're not particularly attractive, you probably have to do things like that. But the thing is, though... He's married with children. And he's given a tell-all interview to the son where he said, two weeks before my next baby is born, I want to wipe the slate clean. Yes. It's like, well, I'm surprised his poor wife didn't go to labour. Well, she doesn't care. Better to be Mrs Jason Manford with the money coming in as opposed to be very shortly, uh, the gigs are not there, darling. Yeah. You've screwed up a television career. You've just come over as some dirty little man, which is, which is a bit of a shame, really. I, I don't really know what you could... I mean, if, if that's what he chooses to do, then that's that's fine. That sofa is... Like, how many bums have been on that one show sofa now? Funniest thing yesterday was watching Christine Bleakley, who's in Buzz magazine this week, telling you what, what she thinks about Daybreak. 
And my advice to Christine Bleakley is, darling, nobody's interested in what you think about it. It's what we think about it. And we all think it's crap. <laughs> so there you go. Nobody's interested in what you care about, love. You know, do, do what you're paid to do. Sit there and kill the show stone dead. You and the dreary fat bloke who sits next to you. You know, and you're still not coming to the matinee. <laughs> oh, please. You're not Why? coming to the show. Because I don't like people from work going. Why? Because I don't have a place for you there. I don't know who in their somewhere. right mind told you that you could go. I'll find somewhere. Well, yes, but I'm, it says the Steam I think my mum's got some tickets anyway. Well, she hasn't. Because she, has. she won't spend... Because her card was rejected. No. I remember they phoned me up from the agency and they mm. said, we, we have a, a Mrs. Foof. I said, no, no, definitely not in a million years. And she was trying oh, to... if you the... turned down the booking fee as if... <laughs> Do you, know, I wish, do you know, I never understand booking fees. No. The booking fees are ludicrous. Because but it, it's the same booking anyway. fee if you book one ticket or a hundred. Oh, and we don't it. have any seats left. It's sold out. I mean, put it this way, you're more than welcome to do your own show. And I'm quite sure... Maybe I'll do it on the fourth. Maybe I'll uh, get more people. Well, you, 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 could, you could certainly do... Yes, I, mean, I, I would go for that. Yeah. You have to stump up the, uh, the cost of the place in advance. Oh, really? Yes, I thought I'd tell you that now. Oh, you know. OK. And it... And, Yes, and perhaps I could lend it to you. But there again, perhaps I couldn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> well remember, you're going to remember me in your will anyway. I'm so certainly remembering you. That. Yes, I know. That's every yeah. day now we've had this, haven't we? I know. Would you remember me in your will? <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking you've been looking a bit peaky lately and we want to go all get our steak in. Look, I'm peaky? Yeah, you know. Just I look peaky? Yeah, you do. You sure? I've got lunch yeah. out with a friend of mine today and I've got lunch out tomorrow. Yeah. And then Sunday I'm doing the Winter Wonderland. All these late nights and I don't have late mornings. night. My late night is seven o'clock. You know, jet-setting around the world. It's probably taking its toll. That's all I'm saying. God, damn. You know. hope my insulin doesn't freeze. Oh, really? Well, I've never thought about it before. I didn't have to... When we went <coughs> to Lapland, I didn't have to take it I with me. I tell you me. what, why don't I get all your insulin now, stick it all in the freezer and we'll then know... <laughs> You're definitely not coming to the matinee show. You really are not coming to the matinee <laughs> show. All in the freezer. Because I would hate to have to weave you into the show, which, of course, you'd love. You're signing oh, autographs. You? Then all of a sudden we'd have two shows going on, mine on the stage <laughs> and yours up there in the cheap seats. I'd be like, oh, he's talking about me, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd be going, it's me, I'm, I'm Christo, I'm Christo. Yeah, yeah, what's your real name? Say Edna. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. We... <laughs> well, anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll see you. Well, I won't see you under Tuesday when I'm back, but I'll see you no. on the 4th. Oh, I don't think so, no. It's a, ni- it's a nice thought. It's a nice thought. my colleague. Because the trouble is that we expect people to dress up. Oh, quiet. And, seriously, you cannot turn up in some of this JD sportswear. <laughs> this it's is just... a tracksuit, John. This is a retro Adidas. It's, well, it's certainly retro. <laughs> and look at that. And you've got an anorak and everything. It's, this is high fashion. This it's is Nigel Hall. High, it's not. Well, I don't care whose it is. It doesn't fit you. Give it's it back so to him. rude. It's nice. It's Are you so... wearing a T-shirt? Am I wearing it? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Why, did you think I was bare-chested? I did. I had this for this this horrible moment. I felt quite queasy. He just unzipped himself in the studio to show me. Have you seen the people over the road here? They're filming Psycho. And oh. over there, look, there's a person in the, in the armchair, in the, in the corner, the rocking chair, look. Oh, and they back move and backwards and forwards. Look. Are they actually filming something? Yes, they, they, they film it every day. Oh, what, is it? He's, he's just rocking. And he just rocks backwards and forwards. And, and, he, and, he, and occasionally the curtains will twitch. And uh, a little face appears. And we have the naked man underneath. He is just rocking. He is just rocking he? backwards and forwards. The trouble is, he's in fact sitting on the wife, I think. <laughs> 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 but he is. It's not her fault. But then underneath, we had the naked man who walked up and down in through all the rooms. Why do you bring out these people? Start naked. I mean, what is going on over here? Wow. It's a bit like the LBC newsroom. A lot of <laughs> naked people up there today, Charlie. 
Oh, well, they, maybe I should go and join them and strip off. You're not coming on, on the matter, though, you're really not. I mean, if I, if I look out into that packed auditorium and see... And it's also, you know that on the matinee, yeah. fancy dress. Oh, what? So I have to... Everybody and... dresses up. Everybody dresses up in the audience. I've got a chicken costume with stripy tights. Chicken, chicken is great, because last year we had people coming as hamburgers and Father yeah. Christmas and Christmas trees. Okay. So if, if you turn up as a chicken, that'll go down well, and then I could probably offer you a seat. Okay, so have I've you got, got the complete chicken. hat and everything? Oh, yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, a blown-up rubber glove. Yeah, and we, oh, that's all right, yeah, and we do offer prizes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, for, for, for the best fancy dress... And the most, oh. the most outrageous and outlandish. No, I'm, 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 I'm happy to do that. Yes, okay. Well, you're fitting with everybody because if you turn up just wearing, you'll, you won't. People mm. will laugh. But if, if you're in fancy dress, it'll look good. Okay. Well, so I was thinking and of you'll coming look, with. You'll with... look silly like that. Will I? You won't fit in because ev- even Anthony dresses up for this. Yeah. Okay. And and the matinee. It's it's been traditional for many years now. The Steve Allen matinee show mm. has always been. Maybe the... I should come as one of the other LBC presenters. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, no, the chicken bit is definitely good with chicken. the blown-up rubber glove. Stripy tights. Yes, stripy tights, yes. Yeah, OK. All right. Perhaps James Whale can phone you up and convince you of something else, like yesterday. That was very funny, wasn't it? I'm amazed at how gullible you are. I, I, I didn't believe it. I mean, I can't believe what that you, you believed James, Obr- uh, James, James Whale with the... Uh, the oh, the auction the thing. Auction that thing. he made more money than you. No, he didn't. He did. He didn't. He did. He did not. Look, we'll discuss it. Look, I'll bring it up on the fourth. Do you take questions from the audience? No, we don't. Not now. We used to, but then it was, it was a bit of a point. Besides, most people just happy to sit there and look at me. Are they? Oh, you'd be surprised. You've never been oh to a Steve God. Allen show, have you? That's amazing. Oh, I didn't you... know that you did so much charity work for the blind. I do do a lot of charity work. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised, actually. There's all sorts of people coming. You will be, you know. I can't I mean, wait. Oh, you, you, you'll be amazed. I mean, there'll be 600 people and there will be jaws on floors. Oh, you know, the lights will dim and that little one hair on your head will stand on end. <laughs> yeah. Or to attention. <laughs> and, um, yes, you're right, actually. Isn't the handover supposed to be before you start the show? I know, I'm sadly with Chris. It's the only conversation he gets between here and the bus driver on the way home. So... Anyway, listen, thanks. Yeah, great. I'll see you on the 4th. Lovely. Can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to you doing my show on Monday and Tuesday. Thank yeah. you. Love you. Yeah, bye. He doesn't go on a bus at all, actually. He walks because he hasn't got a card. <laughs> anyway. God, look at this. Somebody said to me once, what do you do on your radio programme? I've said, I wish I could explain it to you, because I've got no idea either. We will talk to John Warrington. He's in Phoenix. By the time I get to Phoenix. And uh, so I'll have a chat to him around about... Well, he says around 7.30ish, but as we finish at 7, I'm assuming there must be a few hours ahead. So I'd, he, he, he's up already. So I think what we'll do is we will probably talk to him about 5.30, something like that. Because he's, uh, he said, I would have done my hot air balloon ride. Oh, oh no, that's, sorry, Sunday. On Sunday. He says, as you leave on Monday, I'll do a phone in on Sunday. Are we going to talk to him today? I think we're talking to him today as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, that'll be quite nice. Plus, we'll go through the papers. It's uh, Jason Manford. I quit over web sex with 12 girls. Silly, silly little boy. The trouble is, you know that this weekend, one of the papers, could be news to the world, I suspect if he's done his story in the sun today, could be news to the world, have uh, spoken to some of the girls about uh, Jason Manford. So that's why they've given him the opportunity to not preempt, but they've done a little bit to say, look, you know, you, you could tell your side of the story, because believe you me, we've got them all coming out of the woodwork now to say how they texted dirty little Jason. You silly, silly little man, honestly. What do you have to do to some people? Do you need to give them a good slap round the back of their legs or just shake them to say you've completely ruined a career? News headlines this morning. 
A senior advisor to the Prime Minister has apologised over his claims that most British people have never had it so good since the recession. Lord Young told the Daily Telegraph that low interest rates mean homeowners are now better off thanks to what he calls the so-called recession. Police have been given more time to question four men in connection with the death of a man found seriously injured in a van in Berkshire. The victim in his 40s died from head injuries. And the cost of a project to widen the M25 has increased by a quarter. A report by the National Audit Office says the rise of £660 million to £3.4 billion was partly down to an 18-month delay while the Highways Agency tested alternatives. Check on the state of the roads this morning. It's Ray Ian Payne on LBC 97.3, Saturday from 2.30. Morning, every Friday morning, LBC 97.3. We are cooking with gas this morning. We're kind of there. Go home. Go home now, OK? Go home. He won't go. It's terrible. Sometimes we have to call security and say there's somebody arrived in the building and they won't go. But, I mean, go home. Because you're really getting on my nerves now. You're really getting on my nerves. And you know what happens when you get on my nerves? It means you don't come to the show in the matinee. La, la, la. Or help us out backstage and see all the array of costumes that we've got. Because he, he so wants to go to a show. Actually, I can't remember which, which was the best show. You'd have to ask Noreen. I think she's done more shows than anybody else. Which was the best one? The biggest was certainly Fairfield Halls in Croydon. Uh, and I think, I mean, the, the Queen's Theatre, we've done the Queen so many times, though. we do like the Queen's Theatre, but I think there are only 500 seats, so there's an extra 100 for each performance here. So that's quite good, isn't it? I'm quite looking forward to that. And it's a lovely theatre. It's nice, sorry? Uh, Noreen, well, she went to both shows at the, uh, at the Queen's. I don't know, actually. She can't wait to meet Christo. You're going to be so disappointed, Noreen. You really are. It's going to be so, you know, you're going to see him and go... Toby Jug. You know, you're, you're going to think that straight away. You, you know, you're not going to be thinking of anything else. But, uh, and Dawn wants to meet Christo. Oh, right. OK, so two people, OK, out of thousands. Uh, 84850. Steve, I hear that Russia and China are boycotting the Nobel Prize giving. Is this because you and Amanda are going to be there? I could only hope so. So looking forward to it. We're just waiting for the flight confirmations, because I've got a book with, uh, with, with John for my meet and greet. Uh, which I enjoy doing, because I, I like driving up to the airport. Somebody's already gone topless in the jungle. Not that I, I think anybody cares about it, but this is Playboy pin-up Kayla Collins whipped off her bikini, but, of course, that's what she does. That's why she's called a pin-up, because she takes her, her top off to people, and uh, she either does it for money, or she, or she doesn't do it for money. In this case, she's done it for money. Uh, Katie Price, poor old Katie, with the naff makeup is launching a show called Jordan Idol to find a new version of herself. Ugh, disgusting. She feels it's time for somebody else to take the reins. Yes, of course. That's why, I mean, there'll be loads of... Uh, you wait till you see the old baggages that turn up for something like this. It's only going to be shown on Living, so none of you will watch it at all. OK, great to see you. Lovely. And uh, Bridget said, I do hope, Steve, that Christo is not going to be coming to The Mermaid on the 4th, because that would just ruin it for so many people, especially us diehard Steve Allen fans. Well, don't worry, Bridget. He's not going. I've, um, I've had a word with the, uh, you know, with the people there, and, uh, and he, he, is, he, isn't, he isn't going. Apparently, it's Children in Need again tonight. And uh, this is where... And I I don't want to sort of be rude about Children in Need, because it's so nice to see such inane presenters as Fern Cotton and a few other people. And that's where they go, oh, it's great, isn't it? Because we've got, you know, um, Take That performing their new single. Of course they are. It's called Free Publicity. That's what Jimmy Savile used to do. Jimmy Savile, now then, now then, now then. Used to have people writing in saying... And I used to have a producer who wrote to Jimmy Savile, and I can't remember... I don't think she ever got the, uh, the Fix It... 
and uh, and you would write into Jimmy Savile and say, "Oh, now then, Jimmy, I'd like to like to be on your show because I'd like to beat my idols." Take that, and what they would do is. They would then contact, take that and go, have you got a single to plug? And take that and go, yeah. And they go, can you come on the show? You get free publicity. And all these years later, the BBC is still doing it with Children in Need, where they get loads of people like Madonna. Oh, we're so lucky to have Madonna. Are you serious? She got a free plug for her album, her show and her tour. It's like the X Factor. You see, um, you see poor old Dermot O'Dreary standing there with sort of Kylie going, so Kylie, um, is, the, is, is the new single out now? And she'll go, ah, oh, cripes, mate. Yeah, it is. Because she's like that, a bit butch. And um, and they go, and, and he'll then go, uh, do you have a, a tour? And she'll go, uh, yeah, cripes, mate, we do. And so they'll then plug that. And that's what it's called, a free advert. It's called product placement. They've done it on all sorts of programmes, but none better than on Children in Need, where they actually get all the... And they go, oh, we're so lucky to have Gary Barlow here. Gary Barlow must be rubbing his hands with glee. A free advert with a big audience. That's That's all you can hope for. Isn't it? That's all you hope for nowadays. So uh, you can have to put up with it again. It'll raise loads of money. I would like to think that the money was raised for people in this country, but it goes uh, all over the place. Last year, thirty-nine million. Didn't do as well as we did on LBC last year. We did uh, help a London child, but they, they've got everybody here. They've got um, you know stars from stage and screen, and uh, they, they've fortunately got uh, Toss Daly doing it. Oh. God. Two lame presenters, Tess Daly and Fern Cotton. I mean, just awful. Just dreadful. Uh, Barmy PC do-gooders have put up their town's Christmas lights along with displays for Muslim and Hindu festivals. So they've got Happy Eid and Happy Diwali. Seems all right. Although I did see the uh, advert the other day for those candles that Julie Peasgood does. And this year we've gone all festive because they're not saying... Christmas because it might offend people. My answer to them is, why don't you jump off somewhere else while the rest of us can enjoy the uh, the holiday? Apparently, for uh, for Wills's wedding, we're all going to get a public holiday. Yeah, uh, we won't, and there'll be millions and millions of other people. I don't know what. I mean, do you remember years ago? I don't know whether you had it, but at your school, we used to get the school governors coming in, and they go, "Oh, you've all done really well." And at the end of it, the school governor would say, "And I'd like to propose, headmaster." An extra day's holiday, and we'd all go, mm, yeah, right, like last year and the year before, because it's already built in. And so, so when, when you get the government going, and we're going to give you all a public holiday, and you think, so what, is everything going to grind to a halt? There's going to be no, no tube trains, no buses, no, no nothing at all. So we're going to have a public... What's the point of that? Never heard anything so daft in all my life. No, 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 we don't want a public holiday. People carry on working. I'd be mortified if on the day of the royal wedding they went, oh, right, you're all on holiday now. I don't want to be on holiday. I want to be involved. I want to do things like this. Here she is again, Kelly Brook. Somebody says here, does she never have an off day? She turned up the other night um, at, uh, at a nightclub. We bit old at 30, Kelly, aren't you, for going to a nightclub, darling? I mean, I think you're way past your sell-by. Um, but she turned up the other day to something that Prince Charles turned up to. I mean, what do you do, love? You're not an actress, because I've seen you. You can't speak, because I've heard you. You can't present television programmes because God knows the whole country watched you completely committing Hari Kari on the television when they had to change the autocue on Channel 4's Big Breakfast because she can't read. And she couldn't do any big words. So it had to be on... Everything had to be shortened down because she'd sit there going, what's that say? And uh, it was really embarrassing. In the end, they went, listen, love, you, you do look, look pretty, but frankly, you're thick as a brick. So they, they had to lose her from that. And now all she does is tell her, they go, I think I'm going to get my boobs out. And we go, oh, Christ. Oh, dear, how dull are you? And that's the extent of it. 
That's the extent of it. Bit of a shame, really, but never mind. I'm sure she's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Steve, I'm in the dark, says Alan. Well, he was save up. And he was get a shilling for the meter. What's Jason Manford been up to? Oh, I don't know where to begin with Jason Manford. All I can tell you, he's quit the one show. And uh, he was tearful the other night. He admitted internet sex sessions with not one girl fan, not two, not four... Not five, not eight, not ten, not eleven, but twelve girl fans he's had internet. I have to be honest, he must be really rubbish, because internet sex is just so dull. It's so dreary, because you're not with a person, are you? It's on the internet. So, I mean, you know, how can you have an internet sex session with sort of, you know, I mean, it just doesn't kind of work, does it? Unless all of a sudden the person on the screen is going to materialise in the room next to you, in which case it could be very frightening, because it will turn out, sure as God made little apples, that some of the girls who've had internet snacks with Jason Manford will be men pretending to be girls, because you get a lot of that on the internet. Uh, Yes, you can see somebody. Oh, yes, you can see somebody. Oh, yes, you can see somebody. I mean, in these days of creating all sorts of things on the uh, on the, the little screen, uh, there have been lots of cases where people sit there and think that they're talking to a young lady, uh, but they're just typing things up on a screen, won't actually pick up a phone. And what it is, it's in an effort to get them to make themselves do something very stupid. So Jason Manford, who is particularly dumb... Uh, 12 women. As I say, I'd love to find out how many actually are women. And then we've got a picture of the lap dancer that Jack Wilshire helped sneak into the Arsenal team hotel. And you look at her and you think, I'm hoping, and I'm erring on the side of caution, she's been caught just on a bad day. I mean, because when you look at the picture that she sent him on Facebook, and then you see what it really looks like, it's, it's like two different people. I mean, it, it really is. Anyway, he was, he was celebrating... Uh, when he sort of met her uh, in the VIP lounge. She turned up, you know, as some of these girls do. And they hang around outside the... Spot spot me, spot me, I'll sleep with you, I'll sleep with you. All right, I'll sleep with all of you. Hello, hello, it's me, it's me. I'm a lap dancer. Oh, yeah, I'm really quite intelligent, though. I'm just doing it to put myself through university. And so they then go in, they have a few champagnes anyway, and she then puts out, because they do, and then, of course, she goes and sells the story. Because that's what they do nowadays. Uh, Jessica feared getting caught... Uh, and asked, won't you get into trouble or anything? He texted her back, not if you're smart. Gave her a cover story. They're thick, these footballers. They are so dumb. They are so dumb. So they found the uh, the lap dancer. Here she is. And she lives with her grandparents in Welling Garden City, class. OK. And um, and then she, um, she had a fling with him. And um, quite a number of times. Anyway, she wears Ugg boots. Woo, scary. She's got thighs like sequoias. But, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, lap dancers need thighs like this to grip the pole. Because if you've only got little thin thighs, you can do yourself some damage. So, luckily, she's got big, thick thighs, and she can really grip the pole. But it's not a good picture of her in the paper today. They've obviously caught, you know, they sort of... She's going out, and it's been fairly cold recently. She's wearing what can only be described as a summer outfit, but I do like her scarf. She's got a rather nice scarf on, and I'm, I'm very taken with scarves nowadays. Oh, and Dane Bowers. Oh, darling, what do you do now, Dane? I cannot work out what Dane Bowers did or... or di- Graham says, your handover's with Christa will be sadly missed. Yeah, right. He says, you two are the new Terry Wogan and Jimmy Young. You're determined to annoy me, aren't you? I heard hinge and bracket. 
Poor Jason Manford. Ha, 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 ha. Strange enough, Gordon Smart is obviously a friend of his because he's trying to rescue Jason Manford from the mire that he's dragged himself into. And he says, I first met him last year on Extra Factors panel last year because every newspaper columnist really harbours a secret desire to be on television and be famous. They don't just want to be a newspaper columnist, they want to be on television. And I've seen Gordon Smart on a few things and, frankly, he's not up to much on television. That's why you don't see him very often. But... He talked about nappies, his missus and the dreaded midnight feed, warning me and my pregnant wife of the madness to come. Dreary, dreariness, Sophie. You can imagine two bores in the same room. He also clearly loved his family. Where are you coming from, Gordon, dear? Clearly loved his family that he had internet sex 12 times. Dirty little boy. And she says, uh, he says here, ironically, Twitter loomed large in our chat when I was with him again yesterday. It's a shame his followers, who helped his star rise, also played a part in his downfall. He'll be back, though. His wife has forgiven him, and he'll make it up to her. <laughs> yeah, right. You must think we're really dumb or something. Really dumb. His hotel room antics might have raised more than a smile, but he can rescue this situation with the medicine he knows best, laughter. No, no, no. The heckle's now. Hey, dirty boy, you want to text my wife? You can just see it, can't you? The problem that the BBC have now got is, A, they've got to find somebody. Please, God, it's not Matt Allwright on the one show. Or, failing that, the ex-Blue Peter presenter, who's really got not a clue of what's going on in life. No, not Gethin. No, Gethin's all right. I quite like Gethin. No, the, the one who's dancing currently on, because uh, they all go off to dance, don't they, and show their feminine side. Can't remember his name, but he's, he's got a farm somewhere. And they've used him a few times, but he's not very good. The BBC obviously try and, you know, sort of make people up, and after a while we go, oh, I'm bored with them. But they've, they've recorded, unfortunately, Jason Manford for Children in Need. Big decision now, do you cut it out? Answer, of course you do. Of course you do. You don't want to encourage. You know, it's called Children in Need. Kind of, what is it about the word children that would make you think anything like this could ever be shown on television? Because all the kids are going to be going, is that the man who's dirty? Is that the man who sends dirty texts? Of course it is. Jason Manford has come up with, as most of these people do when they're caught out, mainly by newspapers. So it's quite nice to see Gordon Smart pretending to be a friend, whereas really his bosses say, get as much out of him as you can. That would be the brief. It's none of this, you know, cobblers about, oh, let's be nice to him and all the rest of it. They're looking to... That's what we do in this country. We, we build them up, and we can't wait for them to be knocked down again. So they give him Gordon Smart, and Jason sits there and goes, well, you know, I'm, I really want to be, you know, with my family and this kind of thing. Yeah, of course you did, darling. Twelve times you wanted to be with your family. It was like, exactly the same for all of them. When they get caught out, you know, they're always happy to take the publicity from the newspapers. The moment it's something negative, they don't like it. And that's the problem. We had it with Ronan Keating, didn't he? Taking the wife to Australia, I really want to be with you. Of course you did. You've had a seven-month fling, pal. Not just a one-night stand. And then we had the little um, bloke from Take That, didn't we? The, the Donald bloke who tried to go to the High Court and get it all hushed up about his affair. And the High Court went, no. Mark had an affair as well. Mark had an affair. Robbie, of course. Yeah, men are pigs, aren't they? Men just have affairs. They have affairs. Women, of course, are all lap dancers, and they're all up for it. All the time, women. There you go, sweeping generalisation. Let's get them out of the way this morning. Every woman, you know, what's, you know, I and mean, we could do all the jokes about that, can't we? You go to nightclubs. What are they all looking for? They look. I've watched them walking through Leicester Square in the morning. You know, the girl who's had quite a few drinks, and the bloke's around going, should we take you home? Yeah, take me home. You think, God, you're stupid. And then they get into the illegal minicabs. So uh, I've got no sympathy for Jason Manford. You know, I, th I thought he was a good comedian. He's probably very good indeed. I think, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's not up to us to decide Jason's fate. 
it's up to his wife. And if she's that desperate, um, then she can have him. That's her business, isn't it? Uh, which is good. Uh, Ian says, if I didn't know better, I'd say the one show is cursed. Does appear to be, doesn't it? Mind you, we got rid of, hi you, and, uh, fat boy. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the intro to something by Adrian Childs, a very dreary, boring presenter, as you've all proven. And also, the other night, I mean, I just cannot believe it. I watched Coach Trip again. I do like Coach Trip, because we've had all the people on there you don't like. And systematically, you've kicked them off. Well, in fact, all the other people have kicked them off. So from the original people on the coach trip, they, they bring on um, Rafe and his little friend Butch Ben. And so Butch Ben... So the uh, people on coach... No, get rid of you two numpties. So off they go. Then the second one's off. can't remember whose second one's off now. Uh, oh, oh B- B- Bianca Gascoigne. What? You know, like real class act she's a real intelligent person and her little friend who was on Big Brother and uh, she's from Welsh Wales and she's quite nice indeed and then uh, and then the other night we got one of those two professional homosexuals Colin and his girlfriend and uh, yes yeah they, they were kicked off last night yes Colin and no can't remember so there they go so we, we've actually got rid of them as well which is quite funny and who do they because I couldn't work out which annoying couple they were going to bring on. Oh, we also got rid of David Van Day and Tony Blackburn. See, that was the trouble. I should have said to Tony, listen, if they're going to go on there with Cheryl Baker, so yeah, they're now able to vote off new people quite quickly. Who did they bring in yesterday? Who did they bring in yesterday? Oh, my God. The moment they appeared, my heart dropped. Go on. Think of a loathsome twosome. A loathsome twosome. Naff, cheap, Tarty. Sorry? Are they married? No. One had a, a publicised relationship and the other one just seems to hang around on the coattails. They're really naff. Think Chico and think even less talented. I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't get any better. When they appeared wearing what could only be described as little five-year-old girl outfits, they're women. Well, I say, I say they're, we say they're women. Debatable. The cheeky girls. Touch my bum, don't be shy. <laughs> and so out came the Transylvanian gruesome twosome. The two least talented people in the southern hemisphere. Out they came, proving that you really can trowel on makeup and make something that's desperately unattractive look even worse. So out they come and they do their, we are the cheeky girls, we... And I'm going, get the bloody machine guns. Get the machine guns out now. Put them up against it. <laughs> Gone. And they're wearing these little skirts, which, I mean, you know, well, I think they're about 105 each or something. But they're wearing, I mean, little tiny skirts, which would be fine if they were five or six years old or working the Reaper Barn or working somewhere in Holland, sitting in a window. But, you know, to be honest with you, tacky, cheap outfits like that. And we all remember the mother, don't we, of the cheeky girls? Have you ever seen her? Oh, big woman. Big woman. She takes cheeky girl round. They came into uh, a place we were in once, and it was the funniest thing ever, because the cheeky girls get out of the cab, and then the mother gets out, and she looks like Wagner from The X Factor. She's, so every time the camera, and I remember it distinctly, I think Eamon Holmes, book still remained it in Poundland, and still loads of copies left, Eamon, if you want to get some for Christmas presents. Um, it's uh, that she was there, and the camera spun round to try and take a picture of this woman. And she went, no, 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 don't take picture. So it was quite funny, actually. Then you get the cheeky girls. We are the cheeky girl. We are. <laughs> so 
I can't think. Oh, they've also got rid of Rodney Marsh and Cheryl Baker. They've both gone. I, c- I could have said... I think it was Cheryl Baker who was with him. I could have said to Cheryl Baker, don't go with Rodney Marsh. The man's an idiot. A complete and utter idiot. <laughs> you do laugh, though. I do. I mean, I do. I, I watch these programmes. And people have said to me, ooh, if you don't like it, don't watch it. I thought, well, I get paid for talking about it. You know, it's a bit like writing to... Um, to Gordon Smart saying, if, if you don't like these people, why are you, why are you sort of featuring them? Is it because he gets paid for doing it. That's what it is. It's, it's a business. And I get paid for, for watching television and talking about it. Uh, Deirdre says, says, while you remember Christo in your will, will you please include me to inherit your shower chair? I don't really think of the shower chairs going anywhere after that. But she says, I've already made it my will to bestow upon you my two miniature coconut trees. That's so exciting. I'm really, really excited there. Uh, will you wear Crimbo Day this year with calls? Says Ross from Norwich. Shouldn't think so. <laughs> Actually, I'm not, I'm not on on Christmas Day. I'm not here on Christmas Day. I'm here on Christmas Eve and I'm here on Boxing Day, but I'm not here on Christmas Day. So I, c- I can probably do calls, not. On uh, Christmas Eve, that'll be nice, not. OK, which is good enough. Uh, and probably on Boxing Day, not. Uh, also nice to see on the television the other day, uh, JLS... They turned up on uh, Loose Women, and uh, it was quite nice, because I'm sort of, you know, looking at the television thinking, OK, which one doesn't sing? Because there's always one in every group that doesn't sing. I don't care who it is, you watch them. And there's one who's quite camp in JLS, then there's one who wears a hat indoors. And as somebody said to me before, why do people wear hats indoors? You don't wear hats indoors, but apparently it's called fashion now, so people wear hats indoors. And, uh, and then, it's... Uh, Frankie Boyle. Have you, I don't know if you've ever read Frankie Boyle's column. It's rude. I mean, it is so rude and irreverent. He says here, the er- <laughs> I repeat this, put your fingers in your ears, OK? Put your fingers in your ears. OK, now you put your fingers in your ears, OK? No, I'm going to read Frankie Boyle's column. The early learning centre removed a little plastic pig from their goose feather farm toy after concerns it would upset Jews and Muslims. They see the animals as unclean as they spend all day eating scraps and wallowing around in their own doo-doos. He says, yet James Corden's DVD is still available in Golders Green HMV. <laughs> James Corden, a man and his, and his mythical talent. Very funny, I like that. And uh, he says, Connie Huck may have ruined one of ITV's big surprises, but that's Connie Huck for you. Never a brain between those ears. Never a brain, I'm afraid. I know there are Connie Huck sites from people devoted to her, but frankly, she's as thick as a plank. I mean, she really is. I've seen her a few times on the show. She half makes some awful things. In fact, last week she got told off by Simon Cowell. He said, no, that's not the point. She said, oh, you know, which of these people do you think doesn't have any talent? He said, they've all got talent. And you suddenly realise that Connie does not engage brain before opening gob. But uh, she let people know that Jedward are heading to the jungle. How funny is that? That hair will be flat in about an hour and a half. She said, is this what TV has come to, sending two borderline autistic boys into the jungle for our entertainment? This is what Frankie Boyle has said in his column. And this is, do you remember last week, Jan Moyer, writing in one of the papers, went to review his concert, and he takes the mickey out, and and he's rude about everybody. But if you book to see a Frankie Boyle concert, you know what you're getting. You know when you come to a Steve Allen show, we're going to be talking about knitting patterns and cups of tea and biscuits to dunk. You know, that, that's the difference. You won't hear a swear word from me during the programme. I don't... 
I don't think, I've, I've never sworn on stage. I've never sworn on stage. I've thought about it. I thought, perhaps we should do an X-rated Steve Allen show, and I could come up with the word bottom. <laughs> look at me, look at me. Potty mouth already. Look at that, honestly, bottom buttocks. Whoa, look, can't stop me now. Boobies. Whoa, goodness me. Oh, I should get in such dreadful trouble, won't I? Uh, Steve, I hope they don't replace Jason with that awful Dominic Littlewood, says Natalie. Oh, ghastly. The man who looks like a second-hand car dealer who should be in prison. He's got the word, you know, can we incarcerate this man as quickly as possible? Uh, Steve, Jason Manford has had an easy escape. He never really relaxed. He's an edgy stand-up, not a host or presenter, says Michael. There you go. I, I, yeah. I, I, he isn't... I don't think he's that edgy. He does family stories. Perhaps he can now do stories about text. Perhaps he could turn it around, but not back on television, thank you. Why can't the BBC get it right? Why can't they find presenters who don't have a history of sort of, you know, either sort of standing, you know, in bus lanes waiting for people or sort of texting them or something like that. I mean, I would have thought the moment you become famous, and I know lots of famous people, you don't do anything. You really don't. You know, I know some people who've had some quite close scrapes with people who could sell stories. Uh, Steve, I loved Cheryl Baker's honesty when voting off David Van Day. It's totally personal, she said. I can't stand you. (laughs) <laughs> Stuart says, clear something up for me. Do you like the cheeky girls or not? I love them. I've got pictures on my bedroom wall put up with blue tack. At least I think it's blue tack. <laughs> These are the headlines. One of the Prime Minister's top advisers has apologised after claiming the majority of British people have never had it so good since the recession. Lord Young of Grafham told the Daily Telegraph that low interest rates mean homeowners are now better off thanks to what he's called the so-called recession. A new opinion poll has found anxiety about the state of Britain's economy has increased since the government's spending review last month. Over half of those questions said they were more worried about the economy than they were three months ago. And the cost of a project to widen the M25 has increased by a quarter. A report found the rise of £660 million was partly down to an 18-month delay while the Highways Agency tested alternatives. Check on the roads for you this morning. Or say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, it's really nice to be company. Uh, Harry Potter star Emma Watson uh, apparently revealed her short hairdo was inspired by fellow actress Mia Farrow. What a gross insult to Mia Farrow to even equate Emma Watson and Mia Farrow in the same sentence, I'm afraid. One is an actress of great standing and the other is Emma Watson. OK, I'll rest my case. Don't want to go there again at all, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories of the paper today. Other stories of the paper today. Uh, guess how many fags are smuggled into the UK every year? Ten Ten billion cigarettes are smuggled in every year. That's why this bloke in the back of the van... Remember they found yesterday... This is this bizarre story where the police get a tip-off. There's somebody living in a... Or renting a £3 million house in Sunningdale. And uh, quite clearly they're involved in... Let's just call it the tobacco industry, shall we? For want of a better description. And... um, Somebody obviously treads on somebody's toes, or they don't pay enough money. And in some countries, and now it's filtered over here, they couldn't give a flying forex whether they murder you or beat you to a pulp. And in the case of this man, they beat him to a pulp with sledgehammers. Simple as. I'm not going to have to... I don't need to point it out to you. And uh, so the police then stop this van. They've got four people in it. It isn't until they open up the back of the van, which seems to take them a little bit longer than normal, when they realise that there's actually a man in a sack... Uh, and he'd been beaten almost to death. In fact, he died as a result of his injuries, which I think were inflicted with a sledgehammer. They don't kind of waste time, these people. And uh, and I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, the whole thing has just got completely out of hand. So every time you go to a car boot 
And every time you buy cheap cigarettes from somebody in the pub, you're contributing to organised crime. You're contributing to the death of a person in the back of a van. And people you never even hear of again. I think there are people murdered every year in this country and they're never found. This man wouldn't have been found if it hadn't been for a tip-off because otherwise they'd have taken him deep into uh, some forest and uh, they'd have just uh, buried him in the ground and then driven off again and nobody would have been any the wiser. Simple as that. My friend Hugh says, To be fair to pigs, they only wallow in their own when kept in horrible indoor intensive systems. When outdoors, they actually designate a toilet area. And he has got a lot of pigs. And in fact, strangely enough, actually, I was, I was talking about Hugh the other day. And, uh, and we were saying, what a lovely time we had down on the farm. And, how, and I said, you know, it's a bit, a bit like Sunnybrook Farm down there. A little bit like Sunnybrook. I was Rebecca. And uh, it was very nice. And I thought, in the summer, because I'm not going down in the winter, I'm not paddling through puddles for anybody, I'm afraid. And I've lost my green wellies. I think somebody's pinched them. Uh, and then we can go down again. And we can have a sort of a day down there. I can take a deck chair and just sit there by the pigs and talk to pigs. Because I quite, I quite fancy that idea. I like the idea. Very jealous of anybody who's got a, got a farm nowadays. I think it's, it's very nice. So that's what it is with the, with the pigs. Morning, Hugh. Trust well. Yeah, I bet Christmas in Hugh's house would be quite good. We'll be having chicken this year or will it be turkey? <laughs> and pork and everything else. He quite... quite quite brazenly pointed out as we were going around, these sheep are going for slaughter. These are... And I kept thinking, oh, shame. You look at them and you think, just do sheep know? You know, they're sitting in the field thinking, la, 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 having a nice time. What a lovely field this is. Wait a minute, we're going on holiday. We're getting in the back of a van. So it goes off. I said earlier on that in the papers today, they're uh, uh, plugging Buzz magazine, your number one TV listings, Christine Bleakley exclusive, what I really think about Daybreak. Nobody cares what you think, dear. Why don't you care what we think about it? It's rubbish, OK? And uh, it's no good doing loads of coverage and loads of makeup and everything else. You're not going to rescue a programme. Just by doing silly interviews like this does not rescue a programme. The only way you rescue a programme is by making the programme interesting to people and appealing. You can't, can't do it any other way. You know that dreadful story of the, uh, the couple who go to South Africa on honeymoon and their minibus gets hijacked... And as opposed to him, they take her, and then she's killed. Uh, and it turns out the firm, which is run by this man's family, uh, they've said in the paper today, are £6.25 million in debt. Until you read a bit further on and you discover that they've got loans out, you know, bank loans for buildings, uh, you know, in other words, quite normal things. They make it sound as though they owe lots and lots of money. Well, everybody owes money. If you've got a mortgage, you owe money. I owe money on my mortgage, you probably owe money on yours if you've got rent. Actually, I was talking to poor, poor Charlie the other, uh, just earlier on this morning, and she said her shower broke this morning. Her landlord, la- landlady keeps saying, oh, yes, I'll get it done, get it done, but they never do because it's an expensive thing to have sorted out. And um, she said I had to have a cold shower. I said, oh, I've done that before. It's a nightmare. And especially coming up to winter, you cannot imagine. I remember, I remember being in the bathroom thinking, right, I'm going to have a, a cold shower and you brace yourself for it, don't you? And I remember sitting, and I had geared myself up for it. And then, lo and behold, magically, it turned, it turned, oh, God, it's the milk. You're my milk You're milking again. again. I'm so happy for us. <laughs> Hugh, I'm on my way down. I'll have coffee at your place. I think it's a lot easier. It's lovely. Is, it, is the machine not working, then? I don't think so. No, I know. It's lovely, isn't it? It really is. Uh, it's not so bad. It's vile. It's just disgusting. It's not even hot. That's so rude. I bring you a coffee and you just... That's not rude, that's being honest. What's the point? Okay, oh, it tastes really delicious, because then you'll think... Thank you for bringing me the coffee. Yeah, right, yeah, in your dreams. (laughs) 
It is disgusting, ladies. Put it this way. If it was the last cup of coffee on, on the, the earth, you wouldn't drink it. Do you remember years ago, they used to go, oh, look, there's a puddle there with mud in it. Let's put that in a cup and pretend it's a cup of coffee. You know, when you're a kid and you, and you put it in your little plastic yellow teacup and you go, oh, look, oh, it's a cup of coffee and you don't actually put it in your mouth. It's like this. It's like, in fact, to be honest with you, puddle water would be more exciting. Much more excited. But anyway, who am I to complain? I'm off for lunch today. I've got lunch tomorrow. Sunday, I'm going to go to the Winter Wonderland. Got a big ride. And then on Monday, uh, because I can stay up later on Sunday now, because I'm not working Monday morning, because I've got to pack. I went out yesterday to buy some stuff for Oslo, because I do not possess... Don't ask me why, because I've got central heating. I don't possess any jumpers. And I've never wear jumpers. You won't ever see me in a jumper. I'm not... Well, you will. You're just going to see... Yeah, I bought two. And and I bought it from Marks and Spencers. And funny thing is, it's part of their new range. Uh, there's about three or four. And what it is, it's it's a jumper that your mum would have knitted years ago. When when people didn't go to shops to buy jumpers, your mum... No, it hasn't got reindeer, but it's it's like a cross... We used to call it... Um, not cable stitch. Whatever it is, it, it looks like a jumper that your mum would knit. No, not fair, Al. No, it's got crisscrosses on it. Whatever it is... It looks like a jumper my mum would have knitted a long time ago. So it's very nice and attractive on me. I hope I bought it in the right size. Medium. And so I then take it to the, uh, to the checkout. The woman says to me, oh, do you like this? She said, this is, this is new stock in. I said, come on. I said, look how old you are. I said, you must have remembered knitting these 30, 40 years ago. I said this to the woman in Marks and Spencers. And she's, I said, look how old you are. Yeah. And, and, so, and so I say it with a smile, though. I said... Look at you, honestly, as ancient as you are. And I said, and so she said, you're right, you know. She said, we used to make these years ago. She said, I can't now, she said, because my, my fingers won't do it. She's got arthritis. And so next thing, we're, we're discussing medical, but I think it's getting too complicated now. We're now discussing her medical issues. Next thing is she'll be saying, you know, we'd like to go for a cup of tea or something. And that's when I get frightened and I run away. And so I, I bought this thing. I said, but we had these years ago, didn't we? She said, yeah. She said, but it's new stock for Marks and Spencers. I said, nice to know they've caught up 40, 50 years later, isn't it? Because when you were seven and eight, you had these jumpers. But I quite like it. So I bought that and I bought a... Well, I, I haven't got mittens on the street. I do have my, my leather gloves with me and I should be wearing those. And I've got a new scarf. I bought another new scarf. And my hat as well. And now, to add to it... I've got a pair of icy grips, which I'm very excited about because there is... Yes, Amanda's got some as well, OK? I have to point out Amanda's got some icy grips too. And these are... Because I couldn't quite work out how you put them on, but uh, they slip over your shoes and they've got little spikes on so they don't fall over. What she doesn't know is I opened her box this morning and with a file, I filed down the spikes. So she's, she's going to go out there in Oslo and she's going to put them on and go, oh, I'll put my spikes on. She's going to get outside. Woo! Going to be the funniest thing ever. So uh, I've now got these and, and I'm, tr- I'm going to try and do, they say, can design for everybody from children to the elderly. So you're all right. You're covered in that one, aren't you? It's good. I, of course, don't feature in either of those categories. It doesn't say celebrities, but it says makes you walk with complete confidence. So I'm looking forward to... (laughs) A little bit worried about that bit. We're going to be sashaying down the road. In fact, I might even sort of do a jeté and a plié and then jump up in the air and do something like that, just if I land properly. But uh, it it increases... We should give these to Hugh afterwards, actually, so he doesn't fall over on the farm, because he must spend a lot of time falling over. It says here, slip free in wet grass... Mud, sand, snow and ice. It's, you see, stand correct. I'd just like to write an apology and one from your parents as well, saying they're terribly sorry to have brought you into the world. OK, thank you. And uh, so we've got those. So icy grips, thank you very much indeed. We shall, I'll let you know how we get it. If I fall over, 
everything, because I spend a lot of time falling over. I, I mean, in the winter, I have fallen over quite a number of times, which is good, isn't it? Uh, people always laugh whenever they see me fall over. And you, and you try and pretend, don't you? You know, when you fall over, you go, oh, I was intending to do that, which is very good. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. <laughs> Amanda will look like Rosa Klebb. <laughs> Sadly, Hugh, she doesn't know who Rosa Klebb is. Rosa Klebb was the uh, the woman in the James Bond film. She was rather the butch one, and she had the shoes, and the knife came out the front. She went, and she tried to... Do you remember her? She was fairly unattractive. You must remember Amanda. I'll bring in a photograph of her for you. Yeah. She, she says, very funny, Hugh. You're dead. Uh, <laughs> Other stories of the paper today is a woman who's been jailed for 11 years. She stole money from work to go shopping. How much did she steal to go shopping? Okay, 21 million. 21 million from work. Uh, This company in Milwaukee nearly went bust over it. Blimey. But she stole 21 million. Actually, I watched a a programme on the telly the other day called Coppers, I think, where they have to deal with pond life down in Kent. Oh, my goodness. Disgusting mothers and daughters using filthy language, the like of which you don't expect to hear. You know what sort of people they are when they're effing and blinding, when they're arrested. By- morning, everybody. Friday morning, LB 7.3. Only place to be. I know because it's the weekend and we're all going, yeah, I love the weekend. The weekend's absolutely fantastic. And uh, busy, busy for most of you. Picture in the paper today of uh, a crocodile. We had a picture the other day of a crocodile. I think it was a crocodile. Yes, it was. Uh, which came out of a watering hole. There was one that came out and a cat leapt out of the water and grabbed its trunk. Clamped onto it, as they do. The elephant pulled away and um, she was screaming and they, and they got away. They got away. This was in Zambia's South Luanga National Park. And it's one of those phenomenal pictures. You think, good luck, a crocodile taking on an elephant. But uh, it had a baby as well. And the crocodile, I mean, I don't know whether or not you've ever had a crocodile clamped onto a part of your anatomy. But I shouldn't imagine it gives up without a fight. It's going to cling onto it, isn't it, as uh, as quickly. Uh, an old one here from Mark. I mean, could you know, I've had this from ages ago. This, went, this must have been sent, like, about five years ago. It says, is it true what Christo says? You shop in Lidl and put your shopping into a Marks and Spencer's bag. So when you take your shopping out of your boot, it looks like you shop at Marks and Spencer's. So why would I have a Marks and Spencer's bag? And also, sorry, sh- I mean, I have Marks and Spencer's bags all the time, but uh, sorry, shopping in the boot of the car? I don't think so, Mark. Nobody puts shopping in the boot of the car unless you're very common. So I can only imagine... You must be very common. Uh, we'll have a chat to John Warrington in about five or six minutes' time. Because he's in, uh, he's in Phoenix. Also, we'll find out the reaction to the royal wedding. Katie Wasel says she can't understand why she's so disliked, really. <laughs> I can't imagine why you would think you'd be liked. She was boot- booed during the X Factor thing, and uh, Wagner's had a bit of a... T- nobody cares, actually. In One Direction, uh, it's a Beatles-themed programme, so what they do, they hold up the traffic again, and these poor little boys who seriously believe that they can sing, uh, they make do the crossing, which is great. You know, that's fine. I don't mind that. Mary Byrne thanked Tesco for still paying her, even though she hasn't sat on the tills for months. Well, of course they're still paying her. She's giving them a free advert every time, isn't she? That's why they'd be paying her. Can't think of any other reason why Tesco... Imagine anybody else taking time off from Tesco's. Or anybody else, you know, if, if, if you work there. And then they go, well, but, what, pay you for what? And you go, well, I'm going to mention you on every programme. Louis Walsh will mention it. And uh, they go, oh, right, OK, fine. 
Uh, evil I'm a Celebrity Bosses are to drop new contestant Alison Hammond into a camp in a giant crate. Well, that'll shatter on impact, won't it, straight away? Michael Ball has got his second Tea Time show. I think we knew that ages ago, actually. He was a gamble, they say. But um, it was a gamble that paid off very well. So he'll, he'll be back for a new series. Dom Jolly is going to bring back cult show Trigger Happy TV as a movie. Dear. The one-trick pony. That's what they're all calling him, I'm afraid, on the, uh, the one show. Frankly, I didn't even know he was still going. But he is. And here's uh, Patsy Kensit. Very dreary. Still using the old, oh, I don't know, oh, am I good enough kind of thing. She's so needy. Very, very needy. Uh, Len Goodman has unveiled a wish list of Strictly contestants. He says, I'd like Stephen Fry, God, really, Jonathan Ross and Simon Cowell. And I'd enjoy telling uh, Anne Robinson, and it would be fun seeing Katie Price wobbling about. Yeah, she, that's all she could do, actually, is wobble. Uh, diversity have signed up for a Sky 3D documentary. And I saw the um, line-up the other day for the Royal Variety performance. It doesn't include Jason Manford. But that's good news, isn't it? But it does include an awful lot of comedians. And I suspect they'll all be doing gags about Jason Manford, who has walked out of the one show, in case you uh, have not heard the beginning of the programme today, because it's now been revealed that he's admitted internet sex sessions with 12 girl fans. Uh, as I say, if he was single, I don't suppose it would make the slightest difference to any of us what he did, but he's not. And the question I ask you this morning is, should celebrities' careers suffer if they have a scandal in their lives? So, in other words, if you're a, if you're a big celebrity, and Jason Manford's not a big celebrity, could be, could be. He was sort of getting there. His agent must be just going, oh, okay. there are certain bits of publicity you don't want, and this is a bit of publicity you don't want, because parents now cannot let their children, you know, watch it, because they go, ugh, no. So should celebrities' careers suffer if they have a scandal in their personal lives? You can tweet LBC973 or text 84850 or send an email to steve at lbc.co.uk. So after four months on the one show, of which, to be honest with you, he wasn't much cop, uh, he's decided to quit. Uh, he said to spend more time with my family. Shame he didn't do it before. I'm, I, I have to, I've, I've become an apologist after a while. For so many celebrities, you know, can't keep their zippers done up. I don't know what's the matter with these people. I mean, a, you would think that you've got everything going. You've got a family. You've got kids. You've got a great career. They give you an opportunity and you completely throw it away. And I don't understand why they do it. Christo was very rude earlier on, uh, mentioning this pill which could add decades to the average lifespan. As if you get to sort of 70 or 80 years old and you go, you're going to live another 10 years. You go, oh, my God, another 10 years of this. Oh, you might have a coffee soon. That'd be nice, wouldn't I've it? I've given you a coffee already. We didn't have it. It was freezing cold. I'm afraid I've had to report it to the, uh, to the, the hygiene people. <laughs> it was It was, wasn't at all hygienic. It didn't even look hygienic. What was that thing swimming around and, and the top of it then, doing backstroke? Right, what was yeah. that? Exactly. Well, a nice cup of coffee okay. wouldn't go amiss. <clears throat> Not very sore throat. That way. <clears> throat> yeah. uh, Aaron Nitz, I love them. Are they back in? Says Michael. Well, they are at Marks and Spencers. That's where they've got them there. Isn't the Mermaid Theatre where they do the puppet shows? Says Angela. I don't think so. Puppet show? No, no. They use it for a number of things. It's a lovely venue. They're going to pull it down next year. We're going to put up what we really need in London. Uh, a hotel. Because we're so short of them, aren't we, in London? It's like every time I see another house being converted by Polish builders, I think, what, more property? Poor postman, obviously, going, what, how many... You're making, what, six flats out of this? And who, in their right mind, goes out to buy 
pardon me for being cynical about the whole thing, an imitation Diana engagement ring. Who are the numpties who are out buying this? Sellers on Amazon were offering a range of copies. One here is around $49. I wouldn't mind, but we had this the first time it came out all those years ago. And now the same people are going, oh, I must get a ring that looks like Diana's. Oh. Kate Middleton is known to be extremely proud of wearing it. Of course she is. It's worth a quarter of a million pounds. There's not many people walk around. And so people are going out to buy 30 quid copies. Who? Who's going out to buy... Well, look at that. What, what is it? It's a, it's a fake Diana ring. Oh, right. What are you wearing it for? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's for me for Christmas, isn't it? Mind you, of course, I bought fake Liberace rings, so I see no reason, I suppose, why people shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I've got... Fa- yeah. Yeah, I bought Liberace rings in the... Oh, that's funny, is it? Oh, I'm glad you think so. Made of real diamonds, though. I wear them at home, yes. Okay, I wear them at home. I wear them in the bath and in the shower. <laughs> that's, I'm very worried... I'm very worried indeed. Di, if you're listening, patients booking GP appointments face call centre hell if proposals to scrap receptionists have uh, have gone through. They say it could save the NHS £600 million a year. Having a, Thank God I've got a great doctors where they're a nice little team and they all work very well. And I would be mortified if any of those people disappeared. Right, we'll talk to John Warrington in a moment. First of all, quarter past six. News headline, Sam Pittis. A senior advisor to the Prime Minister, Lord Young, has apologised over his claims that most British people have never had it so good despite the recession and spending cuts. Detailed reports of government spending have been released as the coalition pushes ahead with its transparency agenda. And the cost of a project... Are one- Good morning to Sue Denning. That'll surprise her. She'll be going, good grief, that's me. Bobby just sort of, good heavens above. I think you work at the airport, Sue. I can't remember. Talking to your brother yesterday. So Sue Denning is a regular listener to this uh, programme. Uh, very quickly, uh, one here that says, um, how did you get picked to choose the Trafalgar Square Christmas tree? Friends in very high places. Uh, so very much looking forward to uh, that. So we do that Monday and Tuesday. And uh, I think probably what I'll do, I'll probably on Monday, I'll probably phone in and have a chat to... Uh, to Christo, I think, on Monday. Have you found the hotel? Just checking the hotel. Ringing now. So that'll be nice. And uh, John's in different hotels at the moment. He's all over the place, I'm afraid. Uh, another one here. We, we talk about Connie Huck. And Jack says, uh, I run the biggest and best Connie Huck site. And even I would have to admit she's been a big disappointment since leaving Blue Peter. But thick she most certainly isn't. Not with a Cambridge too. Unfortunately, Jack, that means absolutely diddly squat as a television presenter. It means nothing. She's screwed up more times on television than anybody else I've ever seen. Simon Cowell had to take her to task the other week. She let, uh, let slip. So she is dim. She is dim. She might have... Listen, you know, you can have, an, you know, qualifications as long as your arm. doesn't make you intelligent... It just means that you can sort of, you know, fill in the gaps on a VAT form, I should imagine. So uh, so that's why. That's why. But thick, absolutely, definitely. Simon pulled her apart the other way. What she doesn't do, she doesn't engage brain for opening mouth. She might be very clever, but a Cambridge 2 means nothing. You don't apply for a job on television and go, well, I've got a Cambridge 2, or whatever it is. They don't go, oh, that's good. That, that, that'll make you a good television presenter, won't it? No, it doesn't, I'm afraid. It uh, certainly doesn't. Uh, oh, guess who we've got on the line now? Here he is, our very own, your very own, John Warrington. Morning, John. Good morning. Oh, it's Good lovely to talk here. to you. I had such a feeling we wouldn't. But anyway, at least we got through to you, so that's nice. 
Well, I'm sitting in my lovely, lovely hotel room, is it, is it, which is, is absolutely enormous. My bathroom is bigger than my flat in London, oh. and I've just eaten the most... Because, you know, you get starving hungry at this time of the morning. Yes. Well, it's this time of the night. And I just ordered a club sandwich, and oh, it came. Lovely. Oh, and it's got that crispy... You know that really burnt bacon in it? Yes. Day-old bacon. Thick, it's lovely. Day-old bacon. Yes. Triple thick ham. Oh. A lovely salad. I could have had fries, but oh. I thought I'd better not. No, best Looking not. at my waist size. And that cost me the grand sum of $40. Forty? Forty dollars. That's about thirty pounds. I don't care. I <gasps> needed it. I needed that sandwich so badly. I think I've I had to have starved, you. I'm afraid. Forty do- <laughs> I couldn't justify forty dollars, John. Oh well forty dollars. If you're really hungry, you've got to have it. Yes, you're right, yes, you're right. Remember I've been on a plane all day today. Yeah. I you know, I left London with British Airways yesterday. And got here about an hour and 50 minutes ago. Oh, that's not bad. So, so what, what time are you there? Well, here we are seven hours behind you. So it's about 20 past 11 at night. Oh, that's not Thursday too bad. Night. Yeah, that, that isn't too bad, is it? It's not too bad. And I've been flicking through the television. You know how you flick through American television yes. channels. And I had the choice of uh, Jim Carrey with David Letterman mm. or Mr. Bush who is on the Jay Leno show, and I've just been watching Mr. Bush, and he's quite, it's quite interesting, actually. He was chatting like, and he, of course, was, has written this book, and yes. his book's come out, and he's doing the promotion. Fabulous work of, of course, fiction, it really is. It's marvellous. It, it's absolutely wonderful, <laughs> all about, you know, mass, weapons of mass destruction. But he has just pointed out to Jay Leno that the highlight of his calendar this year is the fact that Steve Allen has been chosen to choose the Christmas tree, which will be in Trafalgar Square I know, I know. this year. I know. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, a lot of people... In fact, some people have been more excited about that than they were about Julie Andrews. Well, I think it's much, much more exciting. Oh, do you? You, you know, with, in a lumberjack outfit with a great axe going yes. out into the, into the Norwegian forest Chopping down a tree. I, I'm, I'm going out there. I should be. I mean, I'm going to be trekking through the snow. It'll be now. You see me now. You don't. Oh, he's disappeared into a gully. I'll be disappearing in a ravine as I go. That's the tree I want. That three foot what, one over there. If that tree comes back and it's as ropey as the one last <laughs> year, your, your head will roll. <laughs> no, this year I'm, about... I'm. Listen, I'm reliably informed. It's it's going to be. I'm looking for a twenty meter tree. That's what I'm looking for. 20 metres? Yes, about between 50 and 80 foot it will be eventually. Yeah, that's, that's very big, isn't it? So I'm not looking for something pot-grown, put it that way. Well, maybe if you do it well this year, yeah. the mayor of New York will ask you to choose the one for, <gasps> for, that they put in, uh, in, in, in New York In the Rockefeller Plaza. Year. Oh, that would be great. Now, there's that would be so good. And, of course, the nice thing is that after we, we've had the tree and we, we've enjoyed it here, it then gets recycled and spread over the, um, the royal gardens and things like that in the park. Does it, indeed? Yes, they, they, uh, they, they cut it down and it's all whatever they do to them. You know, made so into it's logs. Like mulch, isn't yes, it? it's mulched mulch. up. They put all that thing and it, it grows and everything. And talking of trees, I tell you what, this hotel that I'm in here, which, by the way, we haven't even told anybody where I actually am. Best I am in Phoenix, Arizona. No, I said that. You did say that. Yeah, I said you were in Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix. Yeah. By the time, there's that lovely song, isn't there? By the time I get to Phoenix, you'll be waiting. No, she'll be waiting. There's no one waiting. Let no, me assure you. There's nobody for you, is there? I I've arrived been to Phoenix. Here and is it I was famous alone. for anything apart from the song? And that were desert, of course. We're surrounded by desert. Oh, how lovely. I love desert a bit of desert. Deep, deep, dark blue skies, oh. cloudless. They hardly get any rain. Oh. And when we arrived, it was 27 degrees Celsius. Oh, not sure about that's that. A, 54, 84 nice. degrees at night. Yes. Cool, blimey. 
That's a bit too Apparently hot for the me. The days are wonderful because yes. it's dry heat. But what's amazing? This is the, I'm staying in the Intercontinental here in Phoenix, and you should look it up on the on the on the website. I'm sure all our lovely listeners will do that tomorrow or today for you, because you would love it. In fact, I arrived and I thought, Good God, has this hotel been designed by Steve Allen? Every single palm tree is covered in wonderful light. I know. It's an American so thing, you know. It's, it's beautiful. Yes, I, I, we, we beautiful. had it in um, in Santa Monica. They do it in New York. All the trees there are covered in... They love covering trees in lights. It looks so lovely, though. Isn't it beautiful. I love it. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. They've got them all curled up, the, you know, the stem of the palm tree. And the palm... All the, all, it's like a resort, really, yeah. where I am. Oh. And it's all set like a Mexican village. Oh. And so each area is completely different. And all the palm trees sort of line the roots to the various buildings. Oh. And they're just covered in the beautiful, beautiful lights. It's quite sensational. Yes, it sounds lovely. So, so there's sort of a Mexican theme going on. Oh, it's very Mexican. We're quite oh. close to the Mexican border here. Oh, right. You know, we're deep down. Nice. You know, Las Vegas is in Nevada, of course. Yes. And when you go and see the Hoover Dam... Did you go to the Hoover Dam? No, I, I flew over it. What, in your own private plane? No, when we were going to Vegas, it actually flies in. The aeroplane yeah. flew over it. You can actually see it. Well, when you get to the Hoover Dam, um, there is a section there, and it's divided. And what, If you just step over one paving stone, you're in Arizona. Yes. And Nevada and Arizona are side by side. Well, I'm in the southern part of Arizona, in a place called Phoenix. Now, north of Phoenix is Flagstaff, and Flagstaff mm. is the, the edge of the Grand yeah. Canyon. Poppy, I've just got to hold you there, just, just for a minute, because I've got to do yeah. the news sequence at half past. OK, do the news, so, I'll listen in. OK, so, I mean, and, and then I, want, I want to find out from you, actually, what the American coverage is of, uh, of the impending royal nuptials, which is all a bit of exciting. Course. A bit exciting. So we'll, we'll deal with that in a moment. We've got to take a, a short break. Time now, it's uh, coming up to 6 30. <laughs> Jack says, there's been a huge increase in the number of visitors to my Connie Huck site since she started doing the Extra Factor. People seem to like her. They probably can't believe somebody that bad is actually presenting on television, I would think. I'm always amazed how she gets jobs nowadays. Uh, are you on on Sunday, says uh, Maria. Yes. Nigel Havis in the Jungle, says Nick. Uh, seems dull and aloof, not the apparently charming smoothie we saw in endless chat shows. Used to be a runner on the Jimmy Young show, Nigel Havis. That's what he was. That's how he started. And uh, comedian Dom Jolly, I don't think so. Uh, couldn't believe that uh, Lembert Opic used to be an MP. He says, I find it extraordinary that he was an MP. Yes, we found it quite extraordinary too. Uh, over in Phoenix, by the time I get to, is John Warrington, reporting on behalf of the Steve Allen Show. And, of course, over there, just the right time, as we announce over here that William and Katie are going to get married, and the Americans like this kind of thing, so it will bring increased business into this country... They say to the tune of about £750 million, which is not bad, is it? So a few more royal weddings, please. Uh, John's going to nip off to uh, another place, and he's doing... Are you doing a hot air balloon ride? I am, on Saturday morning. Right. And it's interesting that you say about the wedding, because the, the, the la- there was a lady sitting next to me on the aeroplane, uh, and I spoke to her very briefly before I popped a pill and slept for eight hours. <laughs> but she said to me, she said, oh, it was so wonderful, my son's working in London. And I was there. And she said, I've only ever been to London once when I was a child. And she said, it was wonderful. But she said, the most incredible thing was announcing the wedding while I was there. The biggest wedding. She said, I'm coming back for that wedding. Oh. She said, I've got to be there when it happens. 
Yeah. And all the newspapers here uh, have got pictures of um, of, the, of the, 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 the future royal couple, the future king and queen of England, yes. on the fronts of all of their papers, and it's still being talked about on the news. I flicked it on when I came into my room tonight. Instantly, there was uh, Will and Kate there on the, on the television. They love it here because they have nothing like it, and they really want it. You know, it's the one thing they would like is a yes. royal family. Yes, yes. And so they're they're talking about it all the time. Oh, good. Oh, that's so nice. we love them. So that we we need the Americans coming to England anyway. Yeah, we want as many of them as possible. We do. But yes, yes I, absolutely. I am going to do. Um, uh, I've got quite a lot of things planned, actually. Uh, tomorrow, or today, for you, I am doing a desert excursion. Uh, we're going on these little pods, and we're being taken out into the desert, and then we're given these little individual pods, and you drive through the desert on your own. So you may never hear or see of me again. I'll probably be eaten Fingers by a bear. Fingers crossed for or... that one. <laughs> eaten by a what? A bear? A bear or a what, snake. What, in, in the desert? <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> It'll be a very odd desert that produces a bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll be cacti anyway. They've yeah, got well, to wear closed shoes. Yeah, I don't I don't think they, they have cacti in their deserts. Yes, they do. Oh, do they? Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, the, 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 the Sonoya Desert is full of cacti. Very, right. very famous. Oh, lots and lots of them. There's all those wonderful shots that you see yes. in and around Phoenix of all the, the things, you know. They are, but some of them are enormous, aren't they? Oh, absolutely enormous. And apparently, um, they, they, they retain water. And the birds, yes, the birds that fly over the Sonoran Desert, land on them and drink the water and then carry on their, yes. their you know, migration to wherever they're going. I think they actually live in them, some of them. They, they, they drill holes into the, into the cacti and yes. into the shaft. And then they, uh, they have a good old drink. And then they, and then then they toddle off again. I'm going to take lots of photographs of cacti and sunsets. Apparently, the sunsets here are sensational. Because it's flat and, and 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 over the desert, everything cha- all the rock changes, you know, from orange to dark, dark, dark red, and and it, they, they are beautiful. So there'll be some nice pictures, but I'm sure we'll put them up on the site. Yeah. And then on Saturday morning at the crack of dawn, goodness me, something like five thirty a.m., we're going on a hot air balloon ride, oh, weather permitting. Of beautiful, course. beautiful. And that will be sensational because yes. I've done that once before, but over the desert, that will be amazing. And then we've got sort of trips to, um, we're going to Scottsdale, to the old town Scottsdale shopping centre. Very, very good shopping here, by the way. Mm. Lots and lots of fantastic shops. And then we're moving, um, we're moving hotels. In fact, I'm staying in three hotels in five nights. And I thought to myself, I'll start feeling like a high-class hooker, waking up in a different five-star hotel every morning and not knowing where I am. That's one way of describing it, I suppose. I never thought about that. So the, the next time that we talk to you is going to be on Sunday. And will you have done the balloon trip by then? Yes, I will. We'll do, yes, <laughs> I'll have done the balloon trip. I'll have been out in the desert. I'll have been to the museum, which has got 20,000 exhibits. It's got animals and, and plants from all the deserts and everything else. And mm. Yes, I'll have done an enormous amount by the time um, Sunday morning comes. And I will have done the hot air balloon weather permitting, of course, but I think that will be okay somehow. Beautiful. Okay, well, listen, um, I shall talk to you Sunday morning. Yes, I'll look forward to it. At about that 7.30. About 7.30. Absolutely perfect. And I'll, I'll, I'll email here. you before that, because John's got to book my, my car for uh, for Monday. Yes, indeed. M- my parking. You've, you've got to have that, and it's got to be big enough for a bit of a, a tree in the back. Yes, you know, I think we'll use the it. same company we used last time. I don't know which, which airline I'm flying with on Monday. I've got no idea, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know later. We don't even know I where we're flying from at the moment. I still can't believe you don't know what airline you're flying. No, we, we don't know which airport. Oh, you don't know where you're going from? No, either. I mean, I'm assuming it's Heathrow. 
Well, it could be Gatwick. Oh, my God, do you think so? But it's more likely to be Heathrow. And I'm sure you'll be flying with the National Airlines, Scandinavian Airlines. I, d- I don't know. I've, I've got to wait till later on. But you'll email me. I hope I'm not easy-jetting it. No, they don't. No, 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 you won't be easy-jetting no. it. I think you'll be definitely on BA. Right, or, OK. Or um, uh, Scandinavian Airlines. Right, OK. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll email you later, as soon, as soon as we know. Let me know, and I'll sort it out for you, even from 5,796 miles away. It's so clever, this business. That. It's so clever. I thank Alexander Graham Bell every single day of my life. Have a nice day, John. Thank you very much, and you. Lots of Sunday. Bye. Bye. Brian in Hornchurch. He's got a poor man's Bentley. He's got a Chrysler. Uh, he says, I've not been well, and uh, been in hospital, and I got tickets for an Eagles tribute band next Tuesday at the Queen. So I rang them and said, you know, can I return the tickets? And a uh, very helpful lady there. And, and she said her name was Jan. And I said, is that the famous Jan? And she said, yes, because she is the famous Jan. So uh, how lovely. Heard you talking about the, uh, the X Factor this week, as you say, they're attempting to sing the songs of the Beatles. But Wagner is singing the Hippie Hippie Shake. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that by the Swinging Blue Jeans? Absolutely. Once again, yes, it was, who the hippie hippie shake. It was the swinging blue jeans, of course it was. Cue another argument between Louis and Simon. Thing is, I moan about the programme, says Sarah, but I always watch it. Oh, of course, there's bound to be an argument, isn't there? You can just tell that there really is. Steve, the GP call centre, if it's as inefficient as the hospital appointment, computerised choose and book system, heaven help us all. That system overloads, crashes, triple books. Better to stick with the current system, says Barbara. Uh, Sarah says QVC have sold out of the Diamondique fake sapphire rings. Thank God for that. <laughs> Can't believe that people actually buy it. <laughs> Steve, you're, sp- you're being your element, says Angie. I hope it's being filmed. Make a great Christmas TV, ITV or BBC One documentary. You, uh, are you in the Christmas tree? And Phil says, the tale of the crocodile and the elephant remind me of the Just So story of how the elephant got its trunk, which we like very much indeed. And, uh, and Paul Cooper says, uh, just to let you know, I'm cutting your tree down today because I have a tree at home. And he says, you better have your lights ready. Do you know, every year I lose lights. I lose a set of lights every year. I'm going to go out today and uh, get another set of lights for it. And then I've got lunch. To- oh, so many days. And yesterday I did my VAT. For all those people who have to do it, it's now online. I find it very confusing. I'm not very good with technology. Even though, strangely enough, I do a programme on technology with Darren on Sunday at nine o'clock. And so I go online, this is the second time I've attempted to do it, and I always get it wrong. First of all, I couldn't remember my password, which is 15 letters, numbers, and then I couldn't remember my pass. Oh, it's so horrendously long. Eventually I found it, but I'd already phoned Welsh Wales to find out how I did this thing, and she couldn't help me without my ID code. She said, otherwise, well, I can reset the whole thing and we can send you another one. And I thought, no, I must have it somewhere. Luckily, I found it, so that's good. So I've kept them all separate now. And uh, then I couldn't remember my rate of VAT. She couldn't tell me that without my password, which I couldn't remember either. Then I eventually did it. And on when you used to fill in the VAT form on paper, you put none if you had nothing to declare on certain mm. things, because I'm flat rate. And uh, on this one, you don't put none. You put zero. So, of course, the moment you put in anything other than zero, the computer rejects it. Three to, in the end, I had to phone Welsh Wales again. I got a different bloke this time. And he said, well, where are you? I said, I'm at box number three. And to be honest with you, it's, it's so simple when you actually do it, but my mind cannot get itself round to it. Every day, I kept going, I'm going, right, I'm going to do my VAT today. Every day, do my VAT. And it's got to be done by the end of the month. So I eventually did it. This bloke helped me through, and they were very useful. And I went, oh, it's worked. I felt a bit like, a bit like sort of Nicky out of Big Brother. My eye, oh, it works. You know, it was a bit like that. 
And so I did it. So by nine o'clock, I'd finished. I found all the invoices. I'd done all the bits and pieces. Not too, not too complicated. And uh, so I've done it. Then you get a little note saying, congratulations, you filed your VAT. Because now that everything's computerised, it's all been brought in, you can't fiddle anything anymore. Because if, if you pay your VAT, they know because your tax is also filed with the same department. So they know how much you've earned and they know what you should be paying VAT-wise. It's like having your car, the tax... The insurance, the MOT, are all computerised. It's barcoded. So they know as you drive down the road, the police, they push a little button and it will come up if you've got no MOT or no tax or no insurance. Thank goodness I've got Peter who sorts things out for this. You know, the, the tax I can probably sort out myself. Uh, sorry, the, the insurance. The, the, yeah, the tax I can do myself as well. And, uh, and the MOT, Pete sorts out. And then everybody's much happier. It's so confusing now. It, it's really... Remember years ago you could put tax applied for? And the police would go, no, you haven't applied for it at all, you're just lying. But having watched this poor programme called Coppers, where there was this vile mother and daughter, I mean, they were filth. I can only describe them as wrestling and punching policemen, because they turned up and they'd been terrorising a neighbour. The daughter, who looked about 12, already had a, uh, a child. The mother, the language, you've never heard anything like it, absolutely dis- It was like the Jeremy Kyle show, Come to Life, where they sit there and can't believe- And you get these, I mean... Blokes who can't string two words together, and women who look like they've slept with just about everybody, and then then then, then they can't get to grips in their head why the fact that he doesn't love me anymore because like he went off with my best mate or slept with my mother, and we get and I'm watching this on a daily basis, and then I watch the coppers program, and then they all are again. It's it's the same people who turn up, and the language the mother the mother's in the station. She's been arrested because she's basically vile. I mean, I, I'd have hanged them straight away. I wouldn't have wasted any time at all with these. But why we waste time making television programmes? The daughter they get her to the police station. She looks fairly normal, although the language you've heard before, and they then say, "How many times you've been arrested before, Kylie?" And she goes, "I don't know." And the mum's shouting, "Say nothing, Kylie. Say nothing." It really is. They are the most disgusting pieces of. Ugh, pond life I've ever seen on the television. Apart from, say, watching the Jeremy Kyle show, which does provide mild entertainment for one section of the community. Ain't mine. Quarter to seven with the headline. This morning from seven, LBC 97.3. Hello. So, should celebrities' careers suffer if they have a scandal? This is in the light of Jason Manford, who's quit the one show because he's been caught out again. Kind of give up, don't you, really, with celebrities? Uh, Listening to you from Prague... Says Natasha from the Crown Plaza. We've got people around the world, actually, haven't we? Which is uh, fantastic. Uh, Susan Boyle has done very well with her album. As I say, with her singing on it. Well, as I say, her singing. Having listened to Perfect Day, if only it sounded as good as that in the flesh. That's, what, that's why I, I said the other day, there's a picture about the, uh, the One Direction voice from The X Factor. And Roger Daltrey has leapt into the debacle over The X Factor. And he says, it's got nothing to do with music, this programme. It's ab- and, of course, he's absolutely right. It's nothing. It's an entertainment show. And as an entertainment show, it's fantastic. But don't ever be fooled by these people who think that they can sing. The, uh, the One, One Direction boys can't sing for Toffee. We know that. I've heard them singing. They were flat as pancakes. A bit like Susan Boyle. When you see Susan Boyle on YouTube, when you see her miming, of course she's singing perfectly because it's done in a studio. When you actually hear her assempt- attempting to sing, it bears no resemblance to the other person at all. So there's two different people. There's Susan Boyle, who sings live, not very well, and then there's Susan Boyle in the studio, who's pitch perfect. The One Direction boys in the studio, flat as a pancake, in the studio, pitch perfect. So when they do their choruses, pitch perfect. You could go along. I remember going to see a Blue concert years ago, and I couldn't tell which bits were Memorex and which bits were live, because when you've got a load of people on stage... I went to a Blue concert, I know. 
hold my hands up. I was, I was sitting at the side. Unfortunately, I hold my hands up. Somebody had spiked my drink and I fell over the seat. I, fell, I got stuck in between two seats. I, I went to the toilet, came back, picked up a drink and I fell down between the seats. And I thought to myself, this is clever, isn't it? As I'm so, and I was stuck. And I couldn't get... I didn't want to spill the drink. I was <laughs> holding the... It was a bit like the Krypton Factor. Not quite like the Krypton Factor, but a little bit like it. Uh, Lenny says, $40 for a club sandwich. Ah! Next thing, he'll want to own a Bentley. $40 for... The trouble is, if you're hungry, I can understand that. I can remember when we, when we did the Fairfield Halls in, in Croydon, we had so many people working on the show, I thought it would be a lot easier... Normally I get sandwiches for the crew, so that they've, they've got, you know, but you have to remember, some are vegetarian, some don't eat this, some don't, so it becomes very confusing. So I sent out for pizza, and I think we had something like 20 pizzas delivered. But I couldn't be bothered when I ordered them to try and find out the bargains. I should have got free garlic bread and free vionetta and this and that. So they just turned up. So we paid an absolute fortune for these pizzas, which turned up on, like, six pizza bikes. And they were saying, oh, pizzas for Steve Allen, and these huge pizzas, the biggest one. We just went online and just ordered them as quickly as possible, which was fantastic. Maggie says, if you have a moment, can you mention that tomorrow at 12 noon, it's the annual Hollyberry Fair in the Village Hall at Chipperfield in Hertfordshire. Many stalls worth visiting, including the renowned homemade jams and preserves. And Father Christmas will also be there. Father Christmas was there at Winter Wonderland the other day. And John Terry went with his wife and, and children. And Father Christmas said... Have we been a good boy this year? And I was shouting, No, he hasn't. Ask his mother as well. She's not been good and his father's not too clever. Whole family of them. I don't know why they went anywhere near Father Christmas. Dreadful, really. Uh, the William and Katie wedding will be a copy of his grand's big day. Uh, you know what everybody's waiting for? They're waiting for them to come out onto the balcony of Buckingham Palace afterwards to see if you get the Charles and Diana kiss or as we call it, the best bit of acting, since you watch Robin of Sherwood, because she's on there, and then every clapped and cheered. I remember it vividly. I, abso- I remember it to this day, going, yeah. And we, we drove round. At the time, all the people waiting outside for the royal wedding were camped all the way round the Mall, and they were all round the uh, Queen Victoria bit, and all the way round, and the whole of the Mall. And the night before, you could drive down the Mall. So Dale and I drove down the Mall, and he had a Union flag on his car aerial. And we made it go up and down. And when we went round the Queen Victoria Mall, people cheered. It was so funny. I thought they were cheering for me. They were cheering for the flag, which, of course, they, uh, they should be. So, uh, will they do it? Yes, all the old rubbish. The, all the street sellers will be out selling this ghastly tat memorabilia. If people are buying fake copies of the ring, I mean, you just lose the will to it. What do you do with it? Why would you have it? I mean, I suppose it's... Yeah, but the Liberace ring is different. Because I would wear that for the shows, because it's... You get dressed up for the shows. But, you know... Yeah, I know, it's very tragic. I've got one that's shaped like a piano, which is very nice. And I've got one which was given to him by his mother. And it's a huge uh, ruby. Uh, very rare. Very rare ruby. And, uh, and in fact, strangely enough, I was watching him on television the other day on a, on a DVD about his shows. And he shows the ring, and there's the ring I've got, and the piano, the famous piano ring. The difference is, his actually lifts up and it's made of proper diamonds, and mine's diamondique. And it's not proper diamonds at all. Uh, it's not worth very much money. But uh, I bought it from the Liberace Museum. And the only reason I bought it is because the museum is closed, and, uh, and the... Uh, Everything is closed there, which is a bit of a shame, really, for Liberace. It's all going into storage, mainly because I think the bloke who owns the museum and the store 
wants the site. They own the whole little mall. It's one of these lots of... It's, it's, not, it's not as big as you think it is, but I should imagine as a redevelopment site, it's probably worth a small fortune. And so that's why they just... They close it down, gut everything. We went into one of the shops there, like a little supermarket, to get a, a bottle of water, and there was nobody in there, and the bloke behind the counter was eating his Chinese takeaway, which looked quite nice. Uh, Felicity Kendall's got a shiner. She's got a black eye. And the paper today have said, uh, where'd you get that from? Apparently she had a catastrophe in the kitchen... Uh, she dances with uh, Vincent Simone. Is Vincent Simone the one who's fairly camp? Because there, there's so many... I mean, I don't know where they get these heterosexual people from on the television nowadays, because the whole of Strictly Come Dancing, it's just... I just find it terribly funny. Uh, Alicia Dixon is talking about something that went on in her family. Uh, then they've got where everybody's sitting in the church. This is when William and Katie get married. A lot of responsibility, isn't it? A lot of responsibility. And it'll be full of protocol, and they've got where... Katie and William will be, where her family will be, and then where the extended family will be, the extended uh, family of William, and then they'll have Sophie Edward. I don't see anybody here. I've got Sophie Edward, Eugenie, B, uh, Andrew, Harry, Camilla, Charles, Philip, Queen, and no mention at all of Sarah Ferguson. I'm having a look here. No, no, Sarah Ferguson. Is she with the charity representatives? No, she's not. It's amazing how the royal family have airbrushed her out. Admittedly, she has been an embarrassment to them. But uh, you would have thought that, you know, they sort of let her into the church somewhere. Apparently, whenever they have Christmas at Sandringham, she's in a little cottage on the outside because Prince Philip can't stand her. They, 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 they don't beat around the bush, do they, the royal family? Uh, apparently, um, Wagner has been sent to live in a travel lodge or a holiday inn now. They can't bear him in the, in the house. So that's, that's good news. As I say, it, it goes on forever, doesn't it, this? You've still got to suffer the charity single, which will be great, uh, with Bellamy singing, and you know they can't, because John had them down at heaven a couple of weeks ago. The same as they had Lola. This is the ghastly old girl group from Essex who can't sing for Toffee either. He said they only did one song. Thank the Lord. Uh, just about it for this morning, except to tell you that Morris Green is a very, very lucky man. He goes along uh, and he finds at a junk store while browsing there for military medals, he handed over a, a five-pound note to buy a bugle. So he buys this bugle for a fiver and then he cleans it off and he was astonished to see the army service number of the bugler it had been issued to. It was his grandfather. He'd bought his grandfather's bugle, uh, and in 1916, Private Clay used it to sound the charge of the 8th Battalion York and Lancaster Regiment leapt from their trenches. And he found it again. I mean, isn't that just the most amazing story? It was played at the Battle of the Somme, and he paid a fiver for it. And that's what I call finishing the show on a happy ending. Have a great weekend. I'm back with you on Sunday before we jet off to lands very cold in Oslo to cut down the Christmas tree for Trafalgar Square. Uh, don't forget, you can join Nick and the team after the news at seven. And uh, this Sunday, in conversation, were you truly wafted here from paradise? Paradise? No, mate. Luton Airport. It's Lorraine Chase. So I'll be with you Sunday from six. Nick at seven this morning. First of all, the business update. Sam Pittis.